Welcome to the Make Room for Your Power podcast, where Coach Tandy Pryor will explore her guest's journey of digging deep and sharing how owning their power has impacted and shown up in their lives and businesses. Get inspired to create the abundant life and business of your dreams. Hello, everybody. This is Tandy Pryor with Tandy Pryor Coaching, and this is your Own Your Power podcast. And I'm very excited today to welcome Nancy Eicholtz. Nancy is a businesswoman with a widely varied background, from corporate marketing executive for one of the most famous brands in the world, to creating and marketing her own brand of cakes, to running one of the only women-focused multi-industry accelerators for startups in the country, to now running for political office. She continues to expand on her own personal brand. Nancy takes her cue in business from parenting three teenage young adult children and running a busy, busy household from the Proverbs 31 woman. She describes herself as a mother, wife, friend, and multifaceted businesswoman, always up for the next challenge. Welcome, Nancy. Morning, Tandy. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm so glad to have you on here. What a list of um, things that you've done in your lifetime. I'm really excited to have you here this morning. Well, thanks. I'm excited to be here. Yes. So tell me a little bit about you, what you're up to now, and what's going on in your world. Well, what I'm up to now, I am uh, the president CEO of Aviatra Accelerators, which is just an awesome place for a woman to come to start a business. I think you've experienced that. Yes, yes, Um, I did. You and your many, many um, multi-talented sisters who are out there now with great businesses. I think we've served 1,700 women in the last eight years. Uh, it was Bad Girl Ventures when you came through. Maybe yes. A little brand change since then. Um, and we've expanded our services along with the brand change. Um, but we are seeing women at very high levels of entrepreneurship. And we're, we're seeing people that just come in with an idea. And you never know which one of those will be the next rock star. So it's really exciting to work with each one and watch each one of them make their own individual dreams come true. And what I love about it is we don't define their dreams. They do. We just help them make them come true. Yes, and that is true. I was four and a half years ago, and it was then, it was fantastic, and it had tons of energy just like it does now. But you have really expanded on what you said, the ability to help women at every stage. Back then, the people with just an idea were competing against people that might have been in business for two years, right? Right, right. Now we have it segmented out where you can explore your idea in our Explore class and get a basic roadmap to start get your business off the ground. Then you can go on to launch, um, and it doesn't have to go in order. You can come in to the system whenever, wherever you are. Um, then you go on to launch, and that's where you're really ready to take off, trying to get you ready for funding, introducing you to funding sources, really networking out in the community with experts that can help in your field. And then after that, um, and for all of our women, or even women who have never come through the programs at all, we have a, a system called Grow. And that's just to grow your business, grow yourself personally, wherever you are. It's all about resources for female business people and female entrepreneurs. Yes. And you know, I love that. I get super excited about that because that's what I'm all about with that. How, tell me a little bit about you, like in your introduction, we were talking about 
um, you started with one of the main brands in the country and then you had your own brand also. I want to know a little bit about how you got to where you are in this position of really helping female entrepreneurs. So, you know, I really feel looking back, Tandy, um, you know, I have had a lot of different things that I've done. Um, and some of that is unfortunately because I'm getting up there in years. <laughs> right. Plenty of years to do these things. Um, but I really do look back and I see that God had really had a plan for me from day one. And the way that, you know, when I was 16 years old, my father said, you need to get a job and you can't work at Kings Island and you can't work at fast food. Well, shoot, when you're 16, what else do you do? And I can't swim, so, you know, I wasn't a lifeguard. <laughs> so I went and got, um, I signed up with a temper agency and went to work for Payne Weber, which is now UBS. And I was there, I was supposed to be a temporary for a week. I ended up staying basically from the time I was 16 until I graduated college. Every summer break, every winter break, I would come and be their permanent temporary. And so I jumped into the business world in downtown Cincinnati at 16 years old. And then when I came back after college, those men basically at Payne Weber really were my mentors. And they were the ones that really helped me um, network and interview. And I ended up um, briefly selling radio for 55KRC, which was not what my plan was because I was an international business and marketing major. But... At that time, the jobs were a little scarce, and at least it was in the advertising marketing field. But what it really did was I, I called on small businesses all over town. So I really learned a lot about small businesses and how to get one started and how to run a small business and what it took to do that. So from there, I was able to transition in my kind of mid-20s-ish to, well, mid, mid to um, Chiquita Brands which I felt so fortunate. I felt like I had died and gone to heaven, getting to be in the consumer marketing department at, on working on one of the most famous brands in the world. It was in the top 30 most trusted brands at the time. And my job was to expand the category in um, the United States and North America. And so I worked on sales promotion. I worked on consumer marketing and I did some trademarking marketing. I worked on some of the biggest campaigns that that company has ever done for the brand. And it was just, you know, fortuitous because it was at the time when Chiquita was based in Cincinnati. It was family owned. They were hiring a lot of young people and letting us sink or swim. And that was the one time in my life that I was actually able to swim, did really well and was able to do things before I was 30 in marketing that some people can have a whole lifetime career in marketing and never get to do. So I felt just super, super fortunate. So from there, um, we decided we were ready to start a family. I was traveling out of the country about 60% of the time and decided it was probably time to take a little step back and raise our children. So raised three great children. I don't regret a minute of it. Um, and while I was raising them, I dabbled in other things. I dabbled in political fundraising. I did quite a bit of that, actually. Uh, some arts fundraising, so I really understood the nonprofit world. And then um, started my own carrot cake company because I had a carrot cake that I promise you is the best thing you've ever tasted. I actually knew you, knew your cakes before I met you. They were so amazing. <laughs> I remember. Yes. yes. A lot of people are like that. It's funny. When I get introduced to some people, they say, Nan Cakes. It's like it's my other name. 
<laughs> so I, I don't think that Nancakes will ever really go away. I think it's always going to be a part of me, and one of these days I'm going to really bring that brand back. That's in the back of my mind. Um, but that led to um, really understanding the challenges and frustrations that women have when they're trying to start a business. And back then, there really weren't that many resources. Um, the, our ecosystem in Cincinnati was fairly weak, and actually Bad Girl Ventures was the leader in that area. But like you said, they had one type of classes back then, and that really didn't, that didn't fit my needs. So I put the whole business on hold because I needed a significant amount of capital to launch it forward, and I had no idea how to do that. I knew we had children that want to go to college, and I didn't want to risk, you know, their college education on my cake business. So I put it on hold, and that led then to um, Bad Girl Ventures and becoming the CEO of, of BGV, now Aviatra. Um, and when I look back, it's like, wow, you know, I use my business skills. I use my marketing. I use my political fundraising and my arts fundraising. I use my um, time as an entrepreneur and all that I learned from that. It all came together in this, in this opportunity to run this nonprofit and really give back to the community and give back to other women who have these ideas in ways that I wish I had had this kind of support when I was in that position. So I really look at it as, you know, while I thought I was stepping off the corporate ladder, I actually was just stepping aside to a different path. So I think I find that really exciting. Yes. I do too. And I think I love the way you're describing that. I, you know, I, I love um, everything about AVA trend, what they're about and the stand that you make in the world. And, you know, on this podcast, we talk a lot about um, power and what, you know, really owning your true power is all about. And I'm wondering, you know, have you seen that and how, what's your take on that in, in, and the women that you've seen come through there and, and the different ways that it looks, what it looks like or um, how it shows up. Sure. I, and, you know, I think it's a big, I think it's a big theme and we need to probably make it a bigger theme. It's women, and you and I have kind of run into this, the word power frightens them. And I think it, they're, they have a little bit of an aversion to that word. And I want to get them over that. I don't want to change the word. I want to get women past that. Because I think they're thinking power is um, aggressive or um, hurtful or somehow not feminine or, or something. And so, you know, I was, I was really thinking about it, um, knowing that we were going to talk about power. And I, I looked up the definition of power. And there's a lot of different ways to define it. But one thing that really came to the surface, and I think this is what women really need to remember, is that um, power is energy. Like, if you think, think about how do you power the lights in your house? It's electricity. It's energy. How do we power a lot of other things? Like, we have a geothermal heating system in our house. Our house is powered by um, tubes in the ground that are buried, I don't know, a million feet down, and they somehow create power that um, makes our furnace and our air conditioning work. That, those powerful sources don't seem the least bit aggressive to me. And in fact, they seem critical and necessary. So I wish that women would think of power as their internal energy source. Where, where is that energy coming from that then translates into the power that catapults them forward or moves their idea forward or changes the world or changes their environment or their community? 
So I think that's a way that I'd love for our women to start thinking about power. Oh, I love that. You know, you, you and I were, well, I happened to be in the room and it was actually the power panel. Yeah. Are you okay talking about this, Nancy? Cause we can cut this out, Tanner. Are you okay talking about that? Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Yes. And I was shocked at how many of the women on the panel immediately equated the word power to like dominating over someone else. They made it a very male definition and um, talked about how it um, they, they didn't want any part of it. Like they had been a part of it and they'd been on the receiving end of it and it wasn't a good thing. And I, I love your description of what you just said, because that's what I'm all about. It's power is remembering what's really inside of you. And that inner inner strength and inner knowing and inner ability to power the next adventure, like what you're talking about, or the next venture. Right. And, you know, it's, it's, I don't know if it's frightening or sad or what, that women equate power with men or masculine. You know, have we been taught this? Is this what society wants us to believe, that power only is held by men? You know, mm. There's a theme there, and that's that's concerning. When you look at our political climate, when you look at um, our business climate, the fact that there's you know less than 20% of our corporate boards seats are filled by women, and even less of people by of people of color. So, you know, it, it's very concerning that we women are buying into the idea that only the only power is held by men. And honestly, the men I know, I don't think they think that. I don't think men think of powerful women. I'm sure some are threatened, but many are not. If you're using your power as that inner energy to change the environment, if you're using your power, your inner energy to, um, you know, cut somebody else down or ruin someone else's career so that you can climb up the ladder, then yeah, that's bad. (laughs) That's right. That's just bad. Mm -hmm. Uh, Bad power. But good power is collaborative. Good power is I want to do better because I want everyone around me to do better. And that's that's the power that women bring to the workplace and bring to the community is that we're not we're collaborative by nature. We want people to get along. We want things to work out. And if we had more women in power, we may have less of this, you know, stuff that's going on around us right now with everybody fighting. Um, we would probably have more collaboration and a little bit more um, courtesy and, and kindness. That's what I believe. Perfect. I love that. And it is, um, it is exactly what we're talking about. And really owning your power is the key to having, you know, opportunities and freedom and all of those things in your life and in your business. And that's why I, you know, I'm getting some pushback by making that stand out in the world that it it truly is what that's about. And right. it's not it's not the kind of power that you wield over others. Right. Right. You know, it's yeah, true power. Right. Right. Yeah, I love that. I mean, um power over the other people is corrupt power. Yes. Mm-hmm. In um Aviatra slash but it was bad girls too, what you've had some really successful, powerful business women come through there 
Tell me about um, a couple, one or two of the really um, standout. I mean, they're all standout in their own way. I want to say that no matter what they're doing locally, globally, everybody has it. But who's, you know, who's kind of someone that to you really stands out as making a big impact? Oh, gosh, there are so many that it would be hard to pick a couple. But mm-hmm. one stories that I love just because they're really relatable. Mm-hmm. was the spicy olive here in Cincinnati. It's mm. an olive oil company. She imports olive oils from um, California and sells, you know, sells them. And I had no idea that there were so many different olive oils. And she also does vinegars, so she, you can have a really fun tasting at her place with the, with the oils and the vinegars. And um, she started with one store. She now has three. She has... Oh, gosh, I can't remember how many employees. A lot. Her revenues are astounding. And in the mix of it all, because this is how life works, um, she unfortunately was diagnosed with breast cancer. Fortunately, she's doing well. She's doing great. Mm. Through the process, she learned how healthy these oils are that she is selling. And now she's really embraced the whole pink ribbon movement. And she's helping women be healthier eaters and get healthy oils and fats into their diet that can help them heal and be healthy, which I just, I love that. I love that she's, she's creating jobs. She's, um, she's opening, she has three stores plus a wine store now. She has tons of revenue coming in, but at the heart of her company, she's, 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 it's the intersection of her business and her passion in the most beautiful way. And she's a wonderful person, and you just walk into her store and you feel welcome. So I love that. Um, another one that I love is up in Cleveland, um, a woman has a catering business called um, Hungry Bee. And she came to us. She was in our first class in Cleveland. She had a horrible credit score. And she'll tell this story, so I'm not talking out of school. She had a horrible credit score, but she had a really impressive business plan. And she won our pitch contest, and she was not only given a loan from BGV, she was actually given an interest-free loan. Now, the person running the place then was a lot nicer than I am. I'm not sure I would do that now. Um, but she turned that around. She has a multi-million dollar catering company with multiple different store locations, she got the contract for the um, RNC convention in Cleveland a couple of years ago. She was the private chef for the Trump family throughout the whole convention. And then she got the inaugural contract in D.C. Uh, for the inauguration. This is somebody who was barely surviving when she came to us. And I can't listen to her story without crying. It's so touching. And now she's a mom with, I think, two children. I think she may have just actually adopted a third. So she's, I mean, she's so busy, uh, married to another chef, and they just have this great business. And look at what the difference somebody believing in her that made in her life, that someone believed enough in her to give her a $25,000 interest-free loan. I did not, I'm not aware of her. I'm going to have to look her up. What's the name of the catering company again? Hungry Bee. Hungry Bee? Uh-huh. Bee, like. Like a bee. Yeah. 
I'm going to definitely look that up. I was thinking um, about, um, I'm trying to think of her name. That was in the second class. Robin. Robin Gentry McGee. Yes. She's, I mean, she's a rock star. Um, And what's really inspiring about her situation is that she came to us wanting to be a whole foods caterer, which, uh, and she's a nutritionist dietitian by background. So she had lots of good knowledge. But, you know, catering is difficult. There's not a, a lot of margin. And um, and then you try to throw the whole foods in there, it's going to be really difficult. So she was working through that with her mentor. And during the time of our classes, her father fell on the ice and had a terrible brain injury. And she watched what was pe- being put into his um, feeding tube. And, you know, the feeding tube formulary, she couldn't even read any of the words on the, on the ingredients. They're all things you don't, I mean you know, fat and sugar and starch and awful stuff and all kinds of chemicals. And she thought, you know, me as a healthy person, if I ate this every day, I would die. And she didn't want to watch her father die. So she went home and she figured out how to get 129 whole foods into a feeding tube formulary and got the doctor to administer it to her father. And about six weeks later, he rallied and he's living a pretty normal life. It's amazing. So there was her new business. So she turned it into a biologics um, feeding tube formulary company. Uh, she also puts, she also creates a formulary for smoothies for athletes, and um, she's on the whole natural service for Children's Hospital, which is really hard to get on. It, it's really great for going through chemo because it keeps them nourished while they're going through the chemo. And a lot of times patients can't finish their chemo because they get so sick. So this keeps them healthy uh, throughout the time of the chemo, and it's really, really helping these little kids with cancers, which is so amazing, so touching. Uh, but it's being shipped all over the world, um, Canada and other countries. She's covered by Medicaid, Medicare, which is also virtually impossible. Um, she's just amazing. So that's a great story of somebody who thought she was going to do one thing. I'd and- stop, stop and say that again so we can X that out from that noise. Um, she's somebody who thought she was going to do one thing and pivoted when she had the opportunity and through the support of her mentor and a lot of other people associated with BGV at the time, um, she took off like crazy and now she has an amazing board that supports her and she has investors and she's, she's just gone crazy. I, yes, she, she's pretty amazing. She's one that I do know. And I, and I do buy from the spicy olive. I love them. And I've watched um, Robin go through all that, like sitting next to Coca-Cola and all of those different brands that she was coming kind of up against toe to toe with the big guys for a while. And she managed to to make it through. It's been, it's been something I saw that she is um, supplying children's hospital. That's another one. So you got to love those female entrepreneurs. Oh, they're terrific, aren't they? Yes, yes. And what an impact. And I love this because, you know, my kind of coaching works at the intersection of life and work. It just, there's, that's where we are. And all the stories that you talked about all have to do with that. It's, it's these women that are having an impact and still being present and having balance and working through the family and all of the aspects and really what they're about in their life and in their work. And, you know, we're going to wrap up here in a minute, but I have to say this. I'm really excited that you are running for office. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? 
Sure. You know, I have to pull in that political stuff I was doing. Uh, when I was when I was home with my children, I did a significant amount of really high level of political fundraising for um, Rob Portman, who's now our Ohio senator um, in Washington, and a number of other candidates. And you know, I did it as a volunteer. I just loved it, and I never really thought of myself as a candidate. I thought of myself as the background person that helped everybody else. But the more I saw um, a push to get more women elected, and I got involved with an organization called She Leads, um, which is a group of women trying to help other women get into office and then be well trained when they're in those offices so that they succeed and then stay in, in elected office. Um, I decided, you know, just kind of like everything else, I felt like God was calling me to step up and, and be an example of a woman who would run for office. And so the county auditor office um, is that position was up for re-election and um, there was not a Republican candidate that at the time was planning on running and so I had the conversations with the appropriate people and decided you know why not this is a great countywide race I'll really learn how to run a campaign um, I really believe I can win um, my opponent's been there for quite some time and I think people are really ready for a change so I'm calling in all my fundraising skills, um, all my different networks from all the things I've done. I'm feeling tremendous support. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm optimistic about November 6th. Mm. And the, the person that you're running against has been in there for how many years? 30? What, 28 in this office and then another 20 as a township trustee. So almost 50 years. Mm -hmm. that's you know that's just too long these days you get out of touch and you get stuck in your ways and um he's he's kind of allergic to any kind of change and i can bring lots of innovation and technology and um just better practices in running a business and basically the county auditor's office is a business they're managing a you know 260 million dollar county budget and collaborating with uh, the commissioners and the other elected officials and the other appointed officials in the county, you're basically the chief fiscal officer for the county. And we have a big county. We have a very, a very spread out county with lots of different people to represent. And, and we have some problems in our county that really need to be addressed. We have a big poverty issue that really needs to be addressed. And we have a big deficit in our budget that wasn't there a year ago, so that's a little concerning. So, you know, there are a lot of things to really work on, and my connections in the community as well as my business experience can really dig into some of those problems and start making some change. Yes, that sounds fabulous, and more women in in offices, elected offices, is a good thing. And we've talked a lot about how the benefits of some of that, even in this conversation over the last uh, 30 minutes. So, Thank you very much for coming by, and uh, I have really enjoyed hearing your perspective and kind of how you got to where you are and all of the wonderful uh, things that come from being a part of an accelerator that supports women in business. Thank you, Tammy. I'd love to do this again sometime. Right, right after November. We'll, we'll get back on here again. Thank you again, and I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Make Room for Your Power today. Ready to change your life? Email tandy at tandypriorcoaching.com. 
or visit TandyPriorCoaching.com to schedule a consultation. Tandy is known for going there. She will bring depth, accountability, soulful intuition, sales, business and relationship skills, and nonstop encouragement to the table.